Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your host, for another great episode of Political Theater. It is I, Charles Nash, and I am here for another new week of all different types of news to talk about and discuss. But I also have some special guests with me here today. Now, I have had this individual on here the last couple weeks. He is running as a write-in candidate for the Ohio governorship, and that is Craig Marks. Now, with him today is his lieutenant governor, Kenny Norris. So both of them are here. I know Craig has talked about, Kenny, you, you being here in future episodes, so welcome to the show, both of you. Well, thank you, Charles. So we're going to get right into the swing of things. Um, now, I have heard from, from Craig um, what he stands on, what, what he plans to achieve, you know, running for the governorship here, what he wants to do if he, if he is successful at bringing down Mike DeWine and knocking out Nan Whaley. Those are the two individuals right now that's poised on the ticket besides writing candidates. And I we talked about this briefly before the show that now there's I'm I'm seeing other writing candidates. So I'm I'm starting to think that this is going to be a trend that's going to start getting hot right here before November. And we're getting ready, what is it? Tomorrow is the last day of August here. I mean September's right around the corner. So I, I want to hear a little bit from you. What is a little bit about a little bit about your background, who you are, and how you got involved and in, in running for this? Well, uh, Charles, um, part of my background is I grew up in Canton, Ohio, home of uh, football Hall of Fame. I've uh, been a teacher, uh, football coach, uh, for a little around thirty years or so, plus or minus. I've uh, been in a lot of school districts. Been in Southeast Ohio, Northwest Ohio, a little bit down in the Southwest, and obviously in the Northeast because I'm from Canton. And uh, most of my teaching career was around uh, general science, uh, a little bit of math, about up to algebra, algebra two. So that's that's my work. I had various jobs during the summer. Graduated from. Uh, Miami of Ohio, the same school, I believe, as Mr. DeWine. Mm -hmm. uh, got a master's through Kent State University. <clears throat> uh, took some courses from Ohio State or a course from Ohio State. And Ashland, a few of the others. So that's basically the work, work end of it. You know, summer jobs, I worked under uh, Burger Steel, under Republic Steel. Mm -hmm. uh, worked for city of Canton as a street guy and also in the water department. Worked in Marion City for a little bit. So, you know, odd jobs like that. So you, 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 you've been around, you're, you're, you're a native of Ohio. Um, you've got education behind you. You've, you've got college education behind you. What, um, what made you 
wait, who approached who here? I'm kind of interested to know this. Who who approached who about getting into the political field, or was it a kind of a mutual thing? Well, I would say that Craig approached me because you know I, I tend to shy away from political viewpoints. Um, to me, it's it's almost like a cult, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know politics drives so much what goes on in our society. And uh, I like what Craig stands for uh, deep down. You know, we have our differences of certain things, uh, the finer points maybe, but uh, generally, you know, I believe in what, what he stands for, what he's trying to, to get at. And if he thought I could help him, I'm here to help because we're, we're at a real apex in our Western culture. United States culture, whatever you want to call it. And so, you know, instead of just complaining about things, sitting on the sidelines, he said, hey, you know, can you help me out? And I said, if you believe I can, I'll be there. So that's why I'm here. Well, let me, let me ask you this, and, and, and either one of you can answer this. You said you kind of shied away from the political spectrum, and I can understand why. It's It's kind of like, Religion and politics are the two things a lot of people don't want to discuss or really get involved in unless they absolutely have to or if, if your arm's getting twisted. Um, I've had this question poised at me before, why I do what I do. So let me ask you this. Um, are you are you affiliated with any kind of a party at all when you, when you vote? Or you usually vote Republican, Democrat, or are you just kind of independent? No, I, I guess... Uh... I don't know if I'm deemed a libertarian, okay. if anything, but I'm not associated with the Republican or okay. Democratic Party. Do you think both of them have kind of dropped the ball when it comes to the two main parties of things? Well, in my mind, I, I, I think they're the same. Okay. I, I don't, you know, people like definition of a liberal. You know, a lot yeah. of people think, well, they must be a Democrat. Well, not my definition of a liberal, you know, uh, libertarian could be a liberal mm-hmm. uh republican you know right wing left wing same bird yeah same bird it same just goes bird. in a circular pattern i i had a history teacher once talked about world war ii he was under uh, my history teacher served under Patton, mm-hmm. and, and you know he 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 brought up the things it's circular yeah. it goes back yeah, yeah right wing becomes left wing and i sort of see that i some of the people who are so-called liberals now are want some of the most harshest things done to human beings, vice versa. So I don't really, people love labels. Yeah. I just happen to live in a culture that likes labels. Well, you know, you're like me. I, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. I don't really sway to party lines. I get attacked here a lot just because the simple fact I talk about the craziness that's going on topsy-turny of the world right now where facts mean nothing and fantasy means everything, apparently. That's just the world we're living in now. Um, running, getting getting into this whole um, run for the governorship, how do you feel your, your, your odds are going into this? What, what have you guys heard on the streets yourselves Especially, I'm sure you guys are, are spreading the word out there that you're, you're going to be a writing candidate. You're running with him. 
Have you guys been getting good feedback from this? I mean, I, I know we've talked several times, or uh, Craig, excuse me, but uh, you, last time we, we've talked, uh, have you we've been seeing an uptick with, with people getting more interested in, in what's going on here? The, yeah, the best analogy I could give for that, and I told this to Kenny over uh, a year ago, it was probably a year and a half when I did approach him to run, is we're throwing a sail up into the wind and we're going to see if it picks up momentum. And I look at the momentum as, you know, the wind could go from 10 miles per hour to 60 miles per hour real quick. Uh, and that's kind of what we're hoping for as we approach crunch time here in September and October. Um, to go back to what you uh, said at the beginning with some other write-in candidates, um, it would be something too for uh, to, to be a write-in candidate for someone to just say that they're a write-in candidate, but they had to actually file with the state. Uh, it was a Form 13B. It's uh, a Declaration of Intent for Candidacy for Governor. Um, and when I looked into that and filing that, I could not file to run as a writing candidate without a lieutenant governor. So that kind of started the balls rolling in my head of, hey, who would be a good lieutenant governor or who would I want myself around who has good wisdom? And, you know, we're kind of along uh, a similar train of thought. So, you know, Kenny was one of the first people that came to mind with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as long as people declared that deadline was about a year ago, as long as they filled that form, uh, you know, and stated who their lieutenant is and they paid the $150 fee, um, then, yeah, I would expect there to be several writing candidates. Again, a writing candidate has never won, so most people don't want to take that angle. For me, it was the only angle, but it was the best angle to take in that it's approaching September and October, going into the November election, and you mentioned guys like Blystone and Renacy who... Yeah, a year ago they were names running, but they didn't get past the primary, so they're gone. They're done. Where now it allows Kenny and I to kind of come in almost the uh, the tortoise versus the hare, you know, and you kind of just uh, come in late, and uh, maybe we could uh, again build some momentum. No, I and I agree with you. And the reason I I, I was bringing this up, we I mentioned this just for a minute or two before the we, we sat down and started doing the show here. Um, I, I have no love loss for Joe Blystone. I have told you this. You've heard the story. Uh, I was going to have him on the show. Then they called back. They didn't like the questions. Then it was two weeks later, and his organization from Morrow County wanted to know, why is he not doing the show? I said, well, you're going to have to talk to the other rep, because apparently they, they don't want me to talk to him over the questions I wanted to ask. And some of those questions that I've already asked, I wanted to ask him, I've already asked you. So let me ask you, did the questions that I asked you, do they seem like they were too hard to you? And some of, and some of those you didn't even know about. No, you, you stayed on topic and you kept it political, which is what I was wanting to do with all this. Um, and you know, when you talk about, hey, or you know, the numbers, are there people that are going to vote for you? I have been for well over a year, I've been like you. I'm looking you in the eye and I'm asking people to vote. Hey, I'm running. Would you vote for me? And a lot of times people have to look and say, well, did Mike DeWine come and did he meet me and ask for my vote? Or did you just get a commercial from Mike DeWine who's bashing Nan Whaley, you know, and vice versa? So I have, yeah, I have, I've gone to some fairs. I've held up signs. I mean, there's things that I have done that might seem a little loony, but it's, well, again, I don't want to sit on the sidelines and do nothing. So you never know. It's like a snowball. You push it downhill. You never know. Once it takes, it can take. Um, so that's kind of what I'm, I'm doing with all of this. 
as far as uh, the expectation of winning, uh, I would love to win because I feel like that would put me in the position of authority where I could do things to help people. Mm -hmm. I'd actually be in that position. Um, but uh, it, at least getting out there, um, getting uh, a message out there of things that I see that need done as far as what are some solutions. I know I've mentioned them before. Kenny's here uh, uh, with a lot of education experience, about 30 years in the Department of Education. So he could walk right into these buildings, all 660 schools in Ohio, very confident and knowledgeable. Um, and you know that's what I wanna bring on the education end. Uh, you know, uh, you and I have talked about the justice system and certain uh, judges and attorneys. So yes. you know, I brought that up and, and you know, people know, at least here, this is what the guy wants to do over over a four-year term, where when you look at someone like Mike DeWine, um, he came out in 2020 and 2021, hey, wear these masks, and one day if you're 10-year-old, uh, you don't have to wear them, but uh, three days later, oh yeah, if you're 10, well, now you do have to wear them. Well, wait a minute, what changed? You know, and we talked about him uh, enticing people with a lot of money for vaccinations, uh, <coughs> not a good move. Uh, you know, what about the immune system? What about sunshine? What about eating healthy? What about trying to regulate body weight? What about trying to encourage people with positivity? There's a lot of uh, different routes that Mike DeWine as the leader of the state could have taken. And again, he, he's an older guy. I think he should step aside. I'm 41 years old. I would love to make 160000 a year. I've never made 50000 a year as a salary ever. I've never seen 50 grand a year. So 160,000, I would be willing to take 60,000 of that and let's give somebody else a job. I'll take 100,000, I'd be happy. The governor's mansion, I'm not moving in. We're gonna open that up for the homeless people in Ohio who don't have shelter and don't have a home. <coughs> there's a big mansion there. We can feed you and take care of you. So there's, there's things that can be done, but you have to have the proper people in the position and then by the way that they live and the, the things that they're doing, uh, that's the way that you make things better uh, and you give people hope. And I don't see it in Mike DeWine. I don't see it in Nanda Whaley. Uh, and that's why I figured I'd toss my hat in. I had a, a business that was, was, you know, it was going fine until Mike DeWine came and shut Ohio down with essential jobs. I was deemed non-essential. Now, if you were serving someone a double cheeseburger at McDonald's, you were an essential worker. Now, for months and months and months, I had to hear that, well, I'm, I guess I'm not essential. And then that takes its toll on you mentally because you know that you have self-worth. Everybody does. Everybody has value. But when you're told, well, you're not essential, you know, it, it, it kind of hurts. It kind of stings. You want to push back. So I, I thought Mike DeWine showed no leadership. And uh, next to California and Gavin Newsom, who that guy's off his rocker as a governor, uh, Mike DeWine shut down Ohio and he shut it down quick. And he shut down a lot of businesses. I know people that I talked to personally that were devastated by Mike DeWine and his decisions that he made. And John Houston, who I used to have respect for as a lieutenant governor, I think that guy's just as bad as Mike DeWine and he needs to go away. So the reason I, I feel like I, I want to take a little different tone tonight, too, is because I do believe it is crunch time for a lot of people. Uh, you know, as time goes on, it puts people uh, closer and closer to the precipice. And, you know, once you go over, it's like an event horizon. You know, there's there's no going back from that. Now you have a different future. And what Kenny and I want to bring to the table is a better future for people. We want to get money in people's hands uh, and right in their pocket directly. Um, we want to uh, really look into corruption throughout the state and make things better for, for everybody. 
And there's a lot of smart people in Ohio that can work together and accomplish good things. And that's what we want to bring out. Well, I have a couple questions for you guys, and either one of you can answer, both of you can, can answer this. I actually had a couple people send me some questions. They actually heard the last interview that I did with you, and I got a little bit of feedback from a couple people here in Ohio. Um, one of them was actually a trucker. I was out of Cincinnati uh, that actually listens to the show. I've been asked because I usually do this, I don't put out names for some of the people I get emails from. But I had a couple of good questions that was poised to me. And I said, if I got a chance, I would ask. And I figured you would be back. And this time you've, you've, you've got your Lieutenant Governor running mate with you here. So I'll, I'll pose this to you guys. You talk about corruption a lot. One of the questions that was poised to me was, if you, let's say you guys win this. Right. Let's say the sale gets going and it gets going full steam and we see Ohio turn in your favor. Writing candidate for the first time wins it. Let, let's say that this happens. Are you guys going to let yourselves get corrupted the way a lot of these politics or individuals that go into the political realm, they get in? Somebody flashes huge dollar signs in front of them, and they completely change tune. And we've seen this throughout history, not just here in Ohio at the local level. You've seen it at the national level. I've seen really good candidates go in, and they come out someone that you don't recognize anymore. So I had, I had again, it was a trucker that asked this question. He wants to know if you guys actually pull this off and you get elected, what stops you guys from falling into that realm of no return with the corruption? That's a great question. And I've even pondered that with myself. And the conclusion I've come down to is don't take the money. That's it, period. End of story. Don't take the money. I've not taken donations or contributions for a reason. I don't want any money. I just want the vote. I want people to write the name in Craig Marks, C-R-A-I-G-M-A-R-K-S. And that's it. That's the only thing I'm asking for. I don't want anybody's money. I don't think that uh, you can go into politics, and uh, which is a service job. If, I, if I'm going into a service position to serve people, I don't think I could go in with a certain amount of money and then all of a sudden, a few years later, I'm a multi-millionaire. I told you, I've never made $50,000 in a year. So I can up. relate to the person who also hasn't made $50,000 a year, uh, which is a lot of people across Ohio. So, you know, for me, uh, for someone to flash millions of dollars or whatever it is uh, for me to do something, I, I would look at that as a bribe. Um, so I, I guess that's the best answer is don't take the money um, to not get corrupted or uh, just really, really have high morals, you know, try to uh, understand the situation. And uh, again, that's why I asked Kenny to be my lieutenant, somebody who Kenny's in his mid 60s and he's somebody that has a lot of wisdom and, you know, he could sniff that stuff out. And, you know, we're trying to be the opposite of that. And Charles, I'd answer that with a little bit more throwing it back at the person asked the question. Uh, if you're worried about us taking some kind of a bribe or, or becoming what a lot of people believe politicians become mm -hmm. corrupt. Okay, well, obviously, we don't want to become corrupt. 
But you as a citizen, if you see your fellow man who, who you might have voted for is being corrupted, are, are you going to remind him, hey, you know, keep us attached? And then what are you going to do? Are, are you going to do the legal thing and say, hey, we, we need to go to court and ask, well, this was part of your promise. And now, you, you know, we have proof. So it's just not the, the person you're asking about. You're asking your question about yourself. Look in the mirror. What are you going to do? What if your, your, your uh, friend or somebody in your family did something wrong? What do you do? You know, it's real easy. To, and I'm not saying it's a bad question. I no. think it's a great question. Yeah. But I'm also saying this is where we're coming at our time. We, we can talk about politicians. We can, we can say how bad this person is. And, but, you know, we have a responsibility. System. They're gonna, they would be putting us there. So they're, just because you voted for us, you just don't let it go. Yeah, yeah you occasionally check in, see how I'm doing. If I'm not doing good, or, you know, that's what, that's what Citizens Ohio are supposed to do. Well, and you and you and I agree with you. I I think the reason this question came up is that this is, and I'm just taking my opinion on this. I read it. Uh, I I try to respond to all my emails that I get. Um, I I believe the reason the person asked this genuinely was not to kind of attack anybody. I think with everything that's going on that you see at all levels in government right now, I think like we've talked about before. There's a lot of buyer's remorse going on. And I think people are trapped in who they voted for as a certain individual. I don't care if it's the president, if it's the governor, senator, city dog catcher, whoever. I think people have, they feel powerless because even though they want their voices heard, I think a lot of people especially here in Ohio and all over, just feel like they, they don't have the power to come down on someone that they've elected. And someone, let's say, that's, that's turned completely opposite of what you know their constituents elected them for. And I think that's why the question was posed. That's just my opinion, I, my guess on it. And you may be correct, and that's part of the reason I answered the way I did. Yeah. People do have power. Oh, yeah. You, you, you can be psychologically suppressed and believe that, hey, you have no say. Well, then, if, if you believe that going into it, then what's the use of the voting process? Okay, you talk about democracy. What's it mean? Doesn't that mean every individual? Well, and we know it's a republic. But if you believe that there's a, a type of democratic republic, then you do have power. Then if you believe those things. But if you keep, convince yourself you can't do something, yeah, you probably can't. But what I'm saying is, hey, keep checking in. If you keep checking in and other people are checking in, if you do it legally, you do it right, you do it in a good way, maybe good things, maybe you'll start feeling a little bit of power. But that power is give and take. Mm. It's not real power. It's shared. That's what, if you become a governor, like Craig, part of his, he's, he's in service. He's in service to citizens. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to ask you this too, Charles, because I do like posing questions to you. Uh, yeah. 
about the salary I mentioned with the governor, you know, there's state representatives in Ohio who, you know, they, they are kind of the big dogs in a few counties. And some of those guys are getting paid $250,000 a year, just like, uh, you know, some superintendents. So uh, a guy can be in charge of a school with maybe three, 400 uh, employees, gets paid $250,000. Uh, a state representative who could be in charge of a couple counties, you know, get uh, $250,000, $300,000 as a salary. Why does governor get $160,000? And the only reason I'm politicking for more money right now is because I'd like to take my salary and divide it up and, and provide more jobs to individuals. Because when these politicians talk about, oh, yeah, we got these jobs, we got these jobs, they don't mention what the jobs are specifically and the pay that comes along with that job. And if you're someone who's looking for a job, let's be honest, that's the only thing you're looking for. Well, what does it pay? Okay. And then after that, well, what do I have to do? But number one, what does it pay? And uh, again, the, the government through the insurance companies can do some sort of match with businesses to help out the businesses that, hey, look, we want to help you out by helping your employees out. What can you pay them? And we'll do some match or we'll do something. But uh, you have to make people feel like they're valued. Uh, and uh, I have to go to, to my, firmer, uh, my excuse me my first commercial timeout here. I'm going to apologize to everybody if you're listening to me. My voice is not the greatest right now. Um, I have very bad seasonal seasonal allergies here, so I am I'm kind of off tonight. So don't mind that. But I have to take my first think local first commercial break for my businesses here and sponsors. Now before I go, I'm going to. Pose this question. I got another, I got two more questions that I got sent to me, but I'm going to pose this one to you. And then when we come back, you guys can answer this. So I had another one here. This, this was actually a, a lady that was, again, this came from the Cincinnati area. Um, she wanted to know that if, if you guys ended up winning, you, if you won governorship of Ohio, she wants to know how you guys are going to fix the issue with the job market here in Ohio, with the vacancies and jobs out there, that there's tons of jobs, but nobody wants to work them. And she said it's, it's hit her area in general pretty hard. I would wonder why nobody wants to work all of these jobs, because I see hiring now everywhere. So exactly. why aren't, why? I mean, how did this happen? And that's what people have to really look is, is go back a year, go back two years and go, well, now all of a sudden there's all of these jobs. And why is that? Like I said, we were going to get into this. I have to break here. Sure. But I just want you guys to kind of sit on this until we come back because this was, believe it or not, this is actually a pretty hot button topic right now in Ohio. And this has been proposed even to, to Mike DeWine, he didn't really give an answer. So it's because he doesn't have one. He has no answer because he has no solution. And he, he doesn't even go to the people around him and say, hey, look, we need a think tank. We need a committee. We need to figure out an answer to this question. Whoever posed that question, it's a great question. Believe oh, me. And, and I will get into my answer in depth. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to be candidly honest with you about my answer to that when we get back. All right. Well, we're going to go to break. Like I said, I have uh, Craig Marks uh, running as an independent for the governorship of Ohio. I have his um, lieutenant governor here as well, which is Kenny Norris. So just hang tight. When we come back, 
We're going to get right into that question that I posed to them and many more to come throughout the show. So we'll be right back. Stick here with us. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It's me again, Charles Nash, your host from Political Theater. When you wake up in the morning, you're tired. You're trying to fumble around the bedroom, find your way down the stairs into your kitchen. And what's the one thing you want to do? You want to get woke up. Well, that's where I have a problem. In the morning, I try to find the best coffee that I possibly can. The regular things off the store shelves just don't work for me. But I found a coffee and a company that does. It's called Black Rifle Coffee. Now, Black Rifle Coffee is made and owned by veterans here in the United States. They serve a premium coffee. The coffee is imported from highly qualified coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil. They're roasted for five days at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. They have some of the best coffee that you can imagine. One cup and even a half a cup gets me woke up in the morning and I've got enough energy to carry me through the rest of the day. So I'm here to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee. You can go online to blackriflecoffee.com, order from their webpage, They will ship it to your house directly. They've got several different kinds of roasts. And again, some of the best coffee you'll ever have. That's Black Rifle Coffee. And if you don't want to believe me or take my word for it, go to their website. You can get a free trial yourself and taste the magic in their coffee. Again, that's Black Rifle Coffee. Try it. When you are in need of drain and plumbing services, there's only one place, ladies and gentlemen, for local service that you can actually rely on. That is Dolan Drain and Plumbing Service. Located in Cardington, serving the Morrow County area, Dolan Drain and Plumbing offer quality service and customer satisfaction. With drain cleaning, camera inspections, and a full plumbing service, They offer a 24-7 emergency service for you and your family when the unexpected rears its ugly head. Billing is easy and affordable, and they offer a 10% off for services with cash payments. So if you are in need of a drain or a plumbing service issue, call Doolin and Plumbing Service. Area code 419-560. 6807 and put your drain and plumbing services in their hands. You'll be thankful you did, folks. How many people love sweets? Well, if you're anything like me, folks, you always have that sweet but there's a solution when it comes to your sugar delight needs. Introducing Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery. With over 40 plus years in bakery experience, Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is your one-stop shop 
for all your bakery sweets that you're ever gonna need, folks. From delicious sugar cookies decorated to match any special party or party theme occasion, pies and amazing cupcakes from garment flavors to traditional and fabulous wedding cakes for that one in a lifetime moment. Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery is hands down the professional and dependable business that you need to order from. For more information, contact Sprinkle Lisa Cookies and Cakery at 419-709-0918 or check out their Facebook page for more details and special offers. Dad, I want a cookie. Looks like I'm going to be making a late night order to Lisa Sprinkles Cookies and Cakeries, folks. Friends, when it comes to big, costly concrete projects, rather for the residential, commercial, or just for decorative needs, you want a company that's reliable and professionally dependable. That's why for all of my concrete project needs, I contact the people at Pennington Concrete. Pennington Concrete is locally owned and an operated business. They specialize in residential, commercial, and decorative concretes. And they are a five-star rated business. So if you have any concrete projects and need help getting your concrete masterpiece off the ground, put the trowel tools down and call the professionals at Pennington Concrete. You'll save loads of time, money, and headaches. For more information, you can contact Pennington Concrete at 740-396-7620 or check out their Facebook page under Pennington Concrete and tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Stress, headaches, and long hours at work. That pain in your lower back that just won't go away. Day after day, week after long week. You for once wish you could be pampered. Get some feeling of relaxation you've long deserved. Well, I'm happy to announce you can. And it's easy, affordable, and just a click or phone call away. When life has taken away my relaxation, I check into the Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness. Located at 6174 Commerce Drive, Suit E in Mount Gilead, Ohio, Tailored Massage Therapy and Wellness offer a wide variety of services, including relaxation massage, therapeutic deep tissue massage, cupping, hot stones, prenatal massage, facials, facial waxing and cupping, eyebrow tinting and eyelash lifting, CBD muscle mender, and even aromatherapy. They are a five-star rated business. Operating hours are Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. For more information, check out their Facebook page or tailoredmassagetherapyandwellness.com. You can also contact them by email at tailoredmassagewellness at gmail.com 
or by phone, area code Coming in from our first commercial time out here, I have the song by, I think it's pronounced Zeddy Wolf. It's called Born Ready here. And as a tradition on the show, every time that I have guests on, I allow them to pick the music coming in from commercial break. So it's it's a running... Um, Running tradition I have that happens here on this show. Now, again, I, I have guests. Craig Marks, he is running for uh, the governorship of Ohio as a write-in candidate. And I also have his lieutenant governor, Kenny Norris, here as well. Now, before I went to commercial break here, I had a question that was sent in to me here uh, last time I had Craig on. And it basically was this. This individual, female, she was from the Cincinnati area. She posed the question, with all of the, the job openings that people are asking for people to come work for them, and they're everywhere. I mean, I, I was telling Kenny before we went to commercial timeout, me and my wife went to um, Bob Evans here in Marion the other night. They had half the restaurant closed down and it was a 30 minute wait because they don't have enough staff. And this is everywhere. You look at the 24 hour stores, Walmart, Myers, Kroger's. They close at 11 now. And this is even before the pandemic got out of control with, well, we got to restock. We have to have time for the elderly to come in. This was even before that. And they're still this way because they don't have staff. But this, this individual posed the question, what would you do to fix the, the shortage issue of workers here in Ohio that's, that's causing a lot of problems? That was her question. It's a great question. Um, I'll try to answer that in depth. Uh, what I would do is I would look to go to the reinsurance company. So if you wanna Google Hartford Steam Boiler, and just look at their website. Uh, reinsurance companies have a ton of money, more than insurance companies. Insurance companies have more money than banks. So the money's there. So what you want to do to fill these vacancies? Uh, I saw uh, Papa John's yesterday. I ordered a pizza and, uh, and they're hiring. Just like pretty much every business you see that you go by, there's the signs. They're hiring. They're hiring. So what you have to do, go back to these insurance companies and you're going to get the money and you're going to entice and incentivize people to get a job and fill these positions by paying them a significant amount of money, which as governor, and, and this is from my mathematics background, um, I would go with $30 an hour. You have to be paying people so they feel like they can sustain themselves when they go to work. They're making enough money to live, thrive, be happy. 
when you go to work at 10 or $15 an hour, and again, I'm just being genuinely honest with you here, but what happens, okay, it's like a science, like a gravity. Uh, if I drop this water bottle, it's going to fall at 9.8 meters per second squared, okay? That's gravity. What's going to happen when you pay people 10 to $15 an hour is they start to feel devalued, they get behind, and then it's a hamster wheel. It's cyclical of very negative things. And you eventually give up and you say, here, I'm done with this job. So then they have to fill some somebody else uh, immediately. Hey, we need you to fill this job. And then someone goes in and they do it for a couple months and they're like, look, I can't make it. And then they're out. So that's what has been going on. And the only way you're going to get people to work and who are going to work with a good positive attitude is you have to value them. You have to pay them. And in the way the economy is with cell phone bills and gasoline, and if you're Kenny's age and you're in your 60s, okay, when you were in your 30s and 40s, the cell phones <laughs> didn't exist and gas wasn't $5. So it's a different thing that people are experiencing in different parts of their lives. And it's really taking its toll on the people who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It's just in different ways financially. But that's long winded. You know, to answer that question, you got to come up with the money. Where are you going to get it from? You're going to the insurance companies. Uh, they make tons of profit. And if you think, well, you can't just go after insurance companies. Insurance companies are integrated with the law. The only thing that you have to buy in life is insurance. So why can't we, the people, go after the insurance companies and just say, hey, you're paying out right now, at least for the next several years. And we see your profits, too. You guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more. Those are the smaller insurance companies that are making that quarterly every three months. That's for profits after claims are paid. So the money's there and you have to get people to work, but you have to pay them. The, the problem is you're going to find that... People want jobs that feel fulfilling to them. So if someone goes in, it's relative and they're getting paid $30 an hour, they might do something and say, hey, this I'm not happy doing this. And they move on to something else, which is fine. That opens up a spot for someone else who's happy with that kind of money. But bottom line, you know, what people have been getting paid the last several years with what's been happening uh, throughout the economy, it's it doesn't work. It's like oil and water. They're different densities. They're not going to mix. Let me ask you this, because I want to add to this, because you bring up some good and interesting points here. And, and, I'm, and I, I want to hear this from either one of you on, on this, because I'm, I'm, I'm generally interested, because this, this question is a, it's a tough question. It is even tough for me to try to figure out an answer for this one myself, because there's so many dimensions, I think, to this issue. You also have the fight with... And again, people know that I'm an independent. I, I do not affiliate with parties here. I get attacked with this all the time. But I have a good question here my, myself. I'm going to pose this to you here. With increasing, let's say, minimum wage or doing like you're, you're, you're saying you, you would do to fix this issue with the lack of people in the jobs market. You have a lot of people saying that this was because of that whole movement here last year and even before the pandemic with the, the great resignation, as they called it. I don't know if you read about that or. Okay. So with the great, this great resignation, they're saying people were just fed up with their jobs. Like you were talking about not, not being um, people, not being supportive, not giving them um 
any type of a pay increase after many long years of working for a company or an organization. They kind of feel discredited at their jobs. I know I went through that here when I worked with Ohio Health. Um, so I, I get that and I agree with you. Do you think that they, they, they should change the salary caps when it comes to minimum wage and the price of living? And before you answer that, the reason I ask it is because you have GOP people in the Republican Party, senators, saying we shouldn't mess with that because it's going to financially ruin the country or we're going to entitle people to what they they feel. And this I have heard this many times, especially the last two years, that if we up minimum wage, then they might as well just do away with the cap on it. What do you feel about that argument? The minimum wage to me is an issue because as the government, they're telling employers, well, you have to pay this much. They're, again, dictating to people what they have to do with their money, like buy insurance. Well, you have to buy it. Well, it's my money. I don't have to buy anything unless I want to. That's the whole point of my money. It's mine. I can do what I want with it. But when some outside forces will know you have to take this money that's yours and you have to use some of it to buy this or you have to buy this, to me, that's infringing upon basic rights. You know, we talked about the Bill of Rights. Those should stand like a monument, but they've been shredded. And you have to look at when the government starts telling you you have to buy something or you have to pay people this amount of money. How about the people tell the government, hey, no, you're going to pitch in and you're going to help us pay the people uh, a significant amount of money. It should go that way. So it needs to be in reverse. So as governor, that's why I would contact the insurance companies and say, guess what? You guys got to pay. And if they're not going to do that, then you get your legislators involved from Ohio and you say, hey, Ohio, we're going to stand uniquely among the 50 states. We're going to be one out of 50 states that's going to stand not just within our nation. People throughout the world are going to look and say, hey, Ohio is now saying that uh, they're making it a law that the insurance companies have to pay. Just like they made it a law that says the people have to pay to the insurance companies, we're going to flip it. And, we're, and the legislators that won't, they're obviously bought and paid for by the insurance companies. Uh, we're going to look at the vote. Who's voting to have the insurance companies pay out to increase pay for people for their jobs? So you, Charles, you work for the city. I'm not going to ask you what you make, but I'm just going to assume you make between 15 and 20 bucks an hour. If you, uh, you, you would be correct on that. All right. So now how about if the government comes to you, the state government, state of Ohio, okay, if I was elected, I would do this and say, hey, Charles, you know, we're going to toss you from the state of Ohio. We're going to toss you 20 bucks an hour on top of whatever your employer's paying you. And we're going to, as long as you keep working, we're going to keep paying you the 20 bucks an hour. And if you keep doing a good job and you get some good write-ups, that 20 is going to go to 25. And you know what? A pat on the back and a good job goes a long way. So there's a lot of reasons that people aren't working. You know, you have to look at, too, the mask mandates. I lost a lot of business because I wouldn't do the masks. Just said, no, uh-uh, don't believe in it. I think breathing fresh air is extremely important for oxygenation in the body. So I'm not going to do the mask and damper my breath. And I'm, I'm trying, my lungs are trying to excrete something intentionally. I don't want to put anything on that muffles that. So uh, that to me was bad move. Uh, number two, the six feet, stay away from everybody. Stay away from everybody. Eh, I think that creates a bad vibe and, and a fear that's not necessary. Again. There was a different route they could have taken, but uh, go ahead, Kenny. You want to chip yeah. in? Yeah, I want to. I, I want to hear from you because, like I said, I know you said at the beginning you guys agree, but you also at times can disagree. And I, I, 
you never know. Some of these topics can be different or it could be right on the same page. So I, I always like to hear both sides of the coin. Yeah. And, and again, Charles, mine's a little bit different approach. Part of it has to do with my age. You know, I grew up around a lot of older people. Uh, I go out west and around different cultures. And uh, so a lot of times when I hear a great question like this lady posed, uh, which is re definitely relevant. Um, I like I like to answer uh, almost in a storybook way because stories tend to stick with people a little bit longer. If I just go to a book and I get knowledge or if I just go to my phone and I get down a fact, yeah, it's real, real easy. It's real nice. But does it make me feel better? Does it, does it really move us along where we need to go? I think I read something today uh, where knowledge is okay, but imagination will take you far. And so I'm going to ask that. I'm, I'm going to take that question and say, hey, well, what got us here? Well, I got to start looking at our history. You know, what, what happened to our economy? Okay. All of a sudden, you know, you could go back to a certain time period. We'll, we'll, we'll go back to World War II. Social Security started coming in. It was supposed to be limited to one or two things. Well, then we've got politicians involved. Hey, let's add a little bit more to that. You know, let's, let's put a little bit more burden on the regular. Okay. And some of it had great moral things to it. You know, good ideas. But you also have to look, well, what's the consequences? You know, what's it going to lead to? Is it going to make us stronger? Is it going to make us weaker? Is it going to be pretty benign? Okay. So we started doing that. And then it crept into like schools. Schools all of a sudden, self-esteem. Well, well, that's sort of subjective self-esteem. Does self-esteem come from someone outside or does it come more from what's inside you? And so we started, you know, I was a coach. All of a sudden, everybody had to get a trophy. Okay, so what was the value of it? It sort of lessened. It was, it was really thoughtful. It seems like a really great idea, but some of those things can backfire when the pandemic and they, they close things down. Oh, good idea. Well, cause we're going to save ourselves. Well, what about the other part of science? It's just not about your biology. What about the psychology? You know, what happened to the other, you know, science isn't one thing. I was a science teacher, but they want you to believe it comes from a source. One source. Come on now. That, no, I, I, that, I, agree, I agree. I agree okay. with you. So, so let's, so we're answering that question. Let's examine how we got here. And what did we get here? Is it working out for us? Well, right now, obviously, it's not working out because, you know, people, what about their work? Well, we talk about the finances and it's nice to get rewarded. But as a coach, I remember those two days. Ah, oh, man, we've got two days coming. It's hot, sweaty, you know, and I don't know about you, but I was, I was over, always a little bit overweight. So it seemed a little bit more stressful. But at the end of the day, I was in it together. There were kids out here who were learning something new. I was learning what they were like. I was learning how to get through another tough, hot, grindy. And then you knew Friday night you had a game. You're going to win or lose. You still had to go through the next day and talk the good things and the bad things but you felt rewarded. 
Yeah. You, you felt your self-worth. Even if you didn't, you know, you, you gave it. You gave it something. So some of this has to individually come back to us. We got to get back our self-worth. You can put monetary all you want to. But then at the end of the day, okay, what's a painting worth? I've been to some of the best museums in the world. I've been in Italy. I've been in France. I've seen some of the best arts. You know, most of, a lot of those people, I don't think they were really wealthy at the no. time. Now they're, you know that? Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, the culture, you know, you can, you can give me all that. You know, you're, t- ah, you know, but what's everybody emphasize? Ah, oh, look at the big salaries and that, you know, and, and uh, they can eat, you know, when people are having a hard time, but they can eat ice cream or something. Okay. Well, good for you. But to the end of the day, what's our self-worth? What, what, you know, we go and we see someone that maybe is not doing work that we like or appreciate, want to do, but they're doing what, if they want to do it and they feel happy about it, Pat them on the back a little bit. You know, if I, we're talking about Bob Evans and, and going to step, when I go there, I respect what they do. And yeah, if I've got a little extra, I'm going to try to throw it their way too. But it's not out of sympathy. It's out of respect. They're doing their best. Okay? And, and I don't know what their abilities are, but they don't know mine either. They don't even know. Yeah. If, if, but... It comes down to, hey, start appreciating what we have and, and work together. And, and and I guess it goes back to, I remember a, a psychological thing where they, a kindergartner, one, they offer a big candy bar or you could have a couple smaller ones over a longer period of time. Well, you know, there would be some people, oh, I got to have the big candy bar. Well, then after they saw the other person that was having it over a period of time, a little bit, and they seemed to enjoy theirs a little bit more. Just like when you got relief when you didn't work. Ah, oh, you got a big paycheck, man. Uh, that sort of went away really quick, didn't it? So we got to start looking at what we're valuing. You know, is it sustainable? Yeah, everybody talks about sustainability. Same thing with our choices. Let's look at our choices, reevaluate. When you got a family growing up, if you had a large family, didn't the oldest one tend to help out the littlest one? They didn't get paid for it, but they knew the role. They knew and they felt good because that's a brother or sister. Felt good. And the little one, when they grew up, they get it. My brother or sister helped me out. Didn't get paid for it. Government didn't tell me how to do it. Back. You know, history tells you, you know, we started tearing the family apart and you got a lot of family problems. They take you off one by one, just like uh, in the military. Pick them off one by one and sooner or later, they're going to start turning on each other. And that's exactly where certain entities want the society to go. Pick off each other so there's very little to fight back. You, you, you brought up a good topic there with, with what you were saying, and I agree with you 110%. And that is they have the, the government. I don't care what party you look at. Um, because I do agree with you 
when we were talking before the show, and even when I asked you your political stance, um, when you said you kind of look at them all the same as just one ball of kind of big corruption, that's, and, and I agree with you. And, I would right wing, left wing, same bird. So I, I, I wanted to go in this because you said something great there. You said destroying the, the pretty much the nuclear family. And that's been going on. I, I had uh, Brett Cornelius on. He's, um, he, he's part of the um, Marion uh, County Board of Elections. Or, or, well, he works for City Hall. Uh, he's on the board there. And uh, he's also a, a preacher, too, here in Marion. And I, he was the only one I could, only, I could get on my show. Uh, we were talking about some of the challenges, religious challenges going on in the country right now. And one of them was about the nuclear family, the destruction of the nuclear family. And I can't, I can't think of offhand, but the percentage was high. I think it was around 61 or 63% of families that grow up with, without a father, parental figure in, in the family, usually tend to have problems with the law, low self-esteem issues, Financial, financial issues. issues, yeah, you name it. And I, I've read this on a, in a lot of, of articles. And um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, though, with, with what you were talking about. Both of you are teachers. You, you guys have been through the educational ringer, as I would say. Many years in education. You guys are, are very well traversed in knowledge, teaching young students different ages, I'm assuming. What 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 did you what grade level did you teach? Actually, I was uh, K through twelve, and oh, I wow. even did, uh, was a GA at Kent State. So you've seen it all. Uh, yeah, you've seen pretty all much. Spectrums. And I was uh, just not in regular education. I also had a BOAG uh, certificate. Okay. I was a principal also. Nice. So wow. So you know. Well, let me ask you this, because getting getting back to what I was trying to kind of strive into here. Issues with the education field right now. How do you feel when it comes to the problems that's going on in education? Now, I, I talked with Craig about Marion City School issues going on. I, I've had several people on here. I've had Rocky Radcliffe on here. I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah. I've, I've had um, Scott Weibling on here uh, several times. I've had many other teachers on here as well to numerous districts and i keep hearing the same thing that there is a big issue in the education field and that is lack of respect with with teachers low wages uh disciplinary issues with the newer generation and newer kids and, and kids coming in now even k through third grade now with disciplinary issues and my own kids are in River Valley School, and I've it just started here. We're in the, only the second week of school, and I'm already hearing from teachers how they're having really severe issues. And they're not the only ones I'm hearing this from. That there's a severe problem with discipline in schools, and this starts up from the administrative level down, and the teachers are not getting support. How I, you you guys have both, and I've heard 
Craig, I, we've talked about this. I kind of want to get a little bit of background from you on how you feel about this topic. Well, obviously those those are happening, uh, but they're also happening, you know, outside of it now. It, it, and now people are recognizing, hey, something's going on in our schools. It's just like, you know, work. You can go to work, or you have people who you know won't pay, or they're rude. All of those things. Let's go back to you know how some of the teachers are inundated. They go through colleges. Why are you letting universities? Off? You know, why, why are we just blaming it on the school districts? Well, it, it, it's multi-leveled here. One is, and we'll, we'll touch on the nuclear family, whether it's you're raised by one individual, two individuals, whatever, a lot of it does come from home. What's your respect? How, you know, how'd you treat your brother or sister? Okay, there, there's part, there's, there's, a, there's a part. Okay, then, you know, how much does, does that parent have to be out of home because, you know, they're trying to work two or three jobs, just trying to make ends meet. You know, what kind of neighborhood are they stuck into where, you know, their kids got to walk through, you know, crime-infested area. And then, you know, they tell you not to like this person, not to like this. And then in all of this, what's been going on, especially, what am I hearing from universities? You know, I, I get phone calls all the time about donating to my colleges. But I'm not getting any solutions. I'm not getting any answers from the people who are guiding young people into the field of teaching. Can I interject just for one second? Because it's along those lines. I was just brought up this inquiry yesterday from somebody who asked me why they had to pay their tuition was a little bit more than last year. Uh, and it was just an online course where why does the professor or the teacher still get paid, say, $2,000 for that class when, you know, all their uh, daughter who's paying to go to that university does is just go online, log on, submit something on the Internet. And then, uh, you know, the computer grades it and the teacher, you know, maybe sends them an email back a couple of times uh, and, and that's it. And but you still got to pay all that money. Shouldn't shouldn't the cost of the universities go down? Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you on this. And OK, another aspect. OK, what's the parents expectations? You're going to let your child do and say as they want. But no consequences. But yet you want them disciplined. So again, we get back to where we're creating cycles that are circular that don't get answered. Let's make it not so much circular, but a little bit more of a spiral. We can come back to those points. Well, let's elevate it a little bit and say, hey, we need to do this. This isn't that important, but we're going to make every little sensitive issue a point that we're just going to put all our energy into. And then at the end of the day, you're so focused on one particular, but you're forgetting about the other person that's next to your kid in school. So if you got one, hey, you got to put up with it because, you know, you're it's discriminatory. But on the other hand, you're discriminating against the person who wants to learn. Yeah. So we got to quit quibbling about small those those type of things and then put it put it into a synthesis where hey we can live with this we can't live with that okay you made good points here before i go to break here because i'm i'm about 
almost 28 minutes into this. And, and we can go over tonight. It doesn't matter how, how far you guys want to go with this because we've got a lot of good topics. I, this has to do with the education, and I, I have to ask you both. And I'll get your answer from this when we come back. But I want you to think about this. You talked about looking at this as a spectrum across the board with the education issues, the nuclear family. I want to get your guys' – and you brought up a topic about costs – for colleges, and I just have to ask this. The new handout that Joe Biden is wanting to do, or is going to do, I want to get your guys' take on that when we come back from commercial break. On how you feel about this, do you think this is a constitutional thing? How you feel this, sh this should be pushed or not pushed, I, I, I want to get this, because I've been hearing all different spectrums on this good and bad so i want to get your take on this when we come back right. so we're going to take another commercial time out here for my think local first businesses so stay tuned and we will be right back my friends how many people here have a driveway or maybe have a driveway that needs repaired well, I have a great company here. It is KB, the Gravel Guy LLC. Now, they are located in mid-Ohio, in the Ohio area. They are basically a gravel company. They will come in, completely redo your driveway. Maybe you have some holes that need to be filled in. Well, KB, the Gravel Guy, can take care of that for you. Now, I have their information here. You can rather go to their Facebook page under KB, the Gravel Guy, or you can give them a telephone call, area code 419-564-7231, or you can even message them through their Facebook page and app. Again, that's KB, the Gravel Guy, for all of your gravel needs. Time, a word we take for granted. As the years pass by, so does one's age. Families and loved ones share memories and moments. Many times, as loved ones pass on, they bequeath antiques from their past that end up carrying on into the future through their loved ones. As antique items are handed down through generation to generation. Friends, if you're someone like me, antiques are a way to pass along one story onto the next generation. And maybe that's why my friends at the On the Square Antiques specialize in just that, antiques. Located in downtown Mount Gilead, Ohio, On the Square Antiques feature fine antiques, collectibles, furniture, grand millennial, Granny Chick, artwork, and very nice jewelry. Store hours are Wednesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Sunday, 12 to 4 p.m. They arrange payments very easily, and you can pick up at your own convenience, or shipping options are available. For more information, 
Check out their Facebook page on On The Square Antiques, or you can message them at onthesquareantiques at yahoo.com, or even by phone, area code 614-330-6322. And as they always say, happy antiquing. When it comes to Mother Nature, anything is possible. And with the unknown possibility comes severe weather. With these severe weather, what usually happens? You get down trees. Once the tree is removed, you've got these stumps just sitting everywhere. They're ungodly, and they're just sitting in your yard, folks. Rather in the backyard, the front yard, up against your house. And they're just a sight for sore eyes. You have to mow around them. You have to stare at them through your windows. Your neighbors don't like seeing it. It makes your property values go down. And over time, stumps start to decay, become sinkholes, or even become bug infested. And who wants to have to call an exterminator for an extra cost? But folks, there is an answer to this problem. It's called Neidhart's Stump Removal and Land Clearing Operations. A family-owned and operated business Nyhart's Stump Removal offers not only stump removal, but forestry, logging, tree cutting services, demolition, as well as excavation. And they're fully insured if something would happen while they're on the job. For more information, you can contact them at 740-751-5654 or visit their website at www nineheartsstumpremoval.com or send your questions to info at nineheartstumpremoval.com Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's me Charles Nash from Political Theater. You know, I get to do a lot of local ads for small businesses and businesses that are just opening up here in Ohio. And out of all of them that I've done ads for, there's one that really stands out to me just because of the story behind it, and it's so touching. That would be Footprints and Wax. Now, they are a fairly new small family business. They are located between Galleon and Mount Gilead, Ohio. They create all-natural, hand-poured soy wax melts. All-natural, chemical-free, face, body, hand, feet, and lip scrubs. Chemical-free products that help eliminate many dangerous toxins from entering the home and our bodies. They also create hand-painted, beautiful wooden ornaments for any occasion. The perfect gift for loved ones. And with the holidays just around the corner, who could pass up on their wide variety of gift baskets they have to offer? Pricing is reasonable and affordable, they provide a professional and speedy process while also trying to maintain the highest quality of products for their customers. Working hours are Monday through Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, or on their webpage at www.footprintsandwax.com. Or you can call the owner, Missy Boggs, Area code 
569-1222 for further questions. And tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Thanks, folks. Need an outside cleaning? Better call ProSelect! House siding, brick or exterior dirtied or mildewed? Better call ProSelect! Deck looking dingy or yellowed? Better call ProSelect! How about gutter stains or window smudges? You better call ProSelect! ProSelect Exterior Cleaning and Services. For more information or to schedule a free estimate, call 740-504-8311 or visit their website at ProSelect LLC or Facebook. Email them at proselect.es at gmail.com for more information. back ladies and gentlemen coming in from our second commercial break here and again i have born ready here playing and i have two special guests if you have not tuned in to the whole entire show if you're just now tuning in i have craig marks who is running as a right-end candidate for the ohio governorship and i have his lieutenant governor Kenny Norris here as well for tonight's show. And <clears throat> before I went to break, I had posed a question to them um, about the whole issue when it comes to student debt forgiveness for the, the, the loans or the handout that is going on right now with Joe Biden and his administration. So I guess I'll get to you guys because we were we were talking about the education system problems, top to bottom, and <clears throat> Kenny, you, you brought up a great a, a great point that it's not just you know K through twelve. They need to be looking in at the colleges as well with this issue. We talked about you know the breakdown within um, the nuclear family, but what do you guys think about this the 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 student loan handout? You think this is a constitutional move? You think this is unconstitutional move? Do you think this is to buy votes? Do you think this is a good move, or is this a bad move? I, I have a totally different outlook on this. I think a lot of people uh, disagree with my stance on the student loans. Number one, I'm all for helping people out financially with these loans. I think they're ridiculous. The universities are charging way too much. So the students have to borrow way too much at an interest rate that's way too high. So basically what you're doing, uh, saying here, we'll get rid of 10 grand for, for some kids. Uh, you're basically getting rid of some of their interest, which is just nothing anyways. It's like made up. So uh, I don't have a problem with it. I don't see how uh, by telling somebody who borrowed money from a bank and then now the bank's saying, hey, rather than paying us 30000 back, pay us 20000 back. Um, I don't see how that's somehow it's helping that individual. They don't have to pay as much back, but I don't see how that's hurting all these other people who borrowed money uh, somewhere else. 
Um, anytime somebody borrows money, you expect to pay it back. If you're given a little gift or a little, hey, guess what? You don't have to pay all of it back. Well, it's a good thing. So I'm not opposed to that. What I am opposed to, though, is a lot of the politicians, which some of them, I won't use their names, but some of them I've had a lot of respect for until I saw their PPP loans that they've taken out that were forgiven. So they're on record having some of them hundreds of thousands of dollars, literally PPP loans 2020, 2021, and they were forgiven, so they didn't have to pay it back. So there are some politicians that got hundreds of thousands of dollars and didn't have to pay it back. And they're the ones that are against the students getting uh, forgiven for uh, money they borrowed and not even all of it. So the hypocrisy there, and again, that's my issue with politics in general, is it's off the charts. You can't borrow money and, and have a PPP loan and then that's forgiven for you. So it's kind of like a grant free money to you. And then now you're opposed to somebody else getting helped out uh, by a fraction of what you got. So I don't have a problem with it. I think uh, the problem uh, that Kenny alluded to is these universities are charging way too much. I mentioned earlier, I, I had to take uh, at Ohio State, it was in 2004, a women's studies class where I paid $1,200 to take that class, which I had to take in order to graduate. And I sat in the front row and took notes like I did in most classes. And it was like, I would get picked on from the professor who would point me out and uh, just degrade me just because I was a male. And I used to sit there as a young 20 year old thinking, why do I have to pay $1,200 to come and sit here in this lecture hall and be lectured literally and belittled by a teacher and there's all these other people around, and most of the people in a women's studies class are, are girls. Um, so it, it was a it was a bad feeling for me, and uh, I just have a problem with what the universities charge in general. I've had that problem for a long time. Well, Charles, this is where uh, me and Craig would differ in our opinions. Okay. Um, the, the the forgiveness loans don't wholly make sense to me. Uh, once the timing, you know, you know, why not? Why didn't you do it at the beginning of your term? You know, some of your promises. Okay, is the burden going to go back on the taxpayer? You know, I keep hearing that. You know, in a, another ten years, it'll be another trillion dollars or whatever. Well, we have thirty trillion as of right, a little over thirty trillion in the national debt. They're saying. I, when I say they, I'm saying the drive-by media and most of your your GOP politicians. You have a couple of Democrats that are up for re-election that are not really favoring with Joe's decision on this, probably because they're in a hot contested race. But I have said the same thing you were saying. Why why not the beginning of your your term? Why? two months out from the November elections. And, and I'm also looking at all the other economic decisions that's been made in the last year or so. They haven't been proven to be favorable to the United States people. You know, I, so, you know, I'm questioning, you know, what, what's the long term? You know, we, it's just like when uh, people were locked down or I guess I don't know if we're allowed to say locked down. We sure. weren't allowed to go to work. Okay, and yeah, then all of a sudden, oh, we're going to give you a little bonus check, $1,200. And then all of a sudden, you know, it goes away. It's, it's gone. But then when we 
get back to a, a working system and we can't get people to work and some people quit their jobs or say, hey, I'll, I'll take the money because I'm going to make more than if I did a waitress job or something mm-hmm. of that nature that would pay not even close to that amount. It could be any job. I just use a, just threw that out. You know, don't want anybody to say, hey, you don't even make that. Could be. I don't know. But what I'm saying is it seemed like an awful knee-jerk reaction. And it just doesn't seem to economically make a lot of sense. Well, can I interject real quick? Because if you're looking at the billions and hundreds of billions of dollars that the United States government has given over to Ukraine, which is just another country you know, really far away from us across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, if you could give that, what about the citizens who are, you know, in their 20s, these young kids who are going to college and they're getting raped on the fees and, you know, people are having issues with here, you know, here's something that's helping these kids out. It's helping them out. Maybe Biden's trying to buy votes from the, the 20 to 25 year olds, you know, if that's what it is. But I look at it and think, you know what, as much money, you talked about 30 trillion, if people understood that it's a word, if you spend a million dollars a day, every day for 2000 years, you're not even at $1 trillion. We're still in the hundreds of billions. So you have to really understand the number sense of what a trillion is. And if we're that far behind, then what's the difference? What are we talking, 10 grand to, for some college kids when, when you're talking hundreds of billions that you're giving away to who knows where that's funneling back to themselves? I mean. How do the politicians have the money that they have? So I get, that's why I am how I am with this. I think people are blowing it out of proportion just to, hey, it's something to talk about. And you're going to get people that, again, it's your typical, here's where people are on one side and here's where people are on the other side. And then you'll argue your points and we're not really going to make any progress. Well, my grandfather, God rest his soul. I remember growing up when I was a kid. Now, he grew up through the recession. and as long as he was here for the 83 years that he was here on this planet, as long for 38 years that I've been alive that I have known the man, never getting to eat an egg while he was alive because that's all they ate during the Depression because they had a farm and they were dirt poor like most people were. But he made a comment that has stuck with me and that was, he said, as long as the United States continues to print money, this country will never fold like it did in the recession. Now, that was my grandfather. He's no longer here. He, he made that comment. Now, I see both sides of this. I, I still think it, it falls on the middle class and, and your lower in income uh, voters and Americans because I, I think it's part of the, and I know I'm going to get called a conspiracy theorist for this, but it's part of the make and break Oh, one one party system make it everybody government dependent and you're never going to bite the hand that feeds you that's my view on this just because of how i see things play out I'm not saying i i'm right or wrong i get both sides of this i mean i've i've heard craig i've heard i've heard from people who have said the same thing that you have said uh, money especially when it comes to the, not just the United States, but globally, uh, money is really not a real thing. It's just a made up number that they use to, to enforce what they want. It's it's really can be. Yeah, sure. I've seen as much as 97% of all money in existence is digital. The other 3% is actually hard, cold cash or coin. 
So, um, you know, maybe when we're doing tax returns for the state of Ohio, we accidentally make an error and put an extra zero on your refund um, because it's all digital anyways. Does that help you out? Yeah. Did we make the mistake as a state we're liable? So, uh oh, I guess uh, we'll just have to create more money. I mean, that's a whole other topic on how money's created. Uh, when you look at the Federal Reserve, you know, they put a stamp on a piece of paper and then it goes over to the Treasury Department, which is connected underground to the White House and the Treasury Department then uh, prints all the, the money out, which most bills are $100 bills that are printed by far. And I don't have these $100 bills. I don't think you have all these $100 bills. And I don't no. think Kenny has a lot of these $100 bills. So where are they all going? So when we're talking about printing all this money and printing all this money. Yeah, well, where is it all going? I mean, where is the money going? When you had Donald Rumsfeld, uh, mentioned we lost $2.3 trillion that we can't track. We don't really know where it went. Uh, well, that was September 10th, the day before the towers came down. Uh, well, where did that money go? And the, the budget uh, office that was investigating that in the Pentagon uh, got blown up uh, inconveniently. So there's a lot of things we can look at financially of what is money. I think money is a form of energy and freedom within our current economical system. So people that have basically unlimited money, they have a lot that they can do in terms of their freedom and their choices and what they're able to uh, accomplish uh, versus the people that uh, financially they just struggle uh, and they're in a rut. They can't get out of it. It's like a hole that you can't dig out of uh, because of all the expenses uh, of what we mentioned that didn't even exist 30 years ago, uh, like $100 cell phone bills. And uh, all the internet and apps bills on your television, and all of these things that basically uh, you almost need to, to live to catch up to be with society. They're not necessary to live like uh, shelter, food and water is necessary, but it's part of our culture. And this is what Kenny and I are trying to do is, is shift our culture to, to not just where it's been the last several years, but try to alter the trajectory to things that make more sense. And uh, financially, I think there's a lot of ways where uh, you can help people with money. And that's what I'm trying to do. I know people will disagree and they'll say, oh, your economics is terrible. Well, let's do a trial and uh, error. Because I remember at Ohio State, I was in uh, Economics 202. And a lot of the stuff with the GDP on how we would calculate it with these matrices and 30 different variables. And, and I could see the math is all you got to do is tweak one variable here, one variable here. And then the, the number that we're looking to get the GDP, it'll fall in this threshold that we need it. I can get that number that we need. All I got to do is tweak some variables. That's what the insurance companies, underwriters do uh, or actuarials. Um, it, you know, once you see the game, you're like, OK, this is all we're doing. We're just... We're getting the numbers that we want. Um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with either one. I see both points. I see your point. I see, Kenny, I see your point on this, where it falls back on the taxpayer. Or, look, we don't have, I know back in the day it was the gold standard for how, how our, our, the value of the dollar was what it was worth. We, we had to have something to back the dollar. Or it was worth nothing. Now we don't have that. I mean, we don't have enough gold with enough the money that we have printed here in the United States. That's a fact. I mean, you can go through and look at that. That is a fact. Well, I don't know if we have know of all the gold that we have. And the thing with gold too is, if uh, you know, we're 3D printing gold, that changes the game. And I know what you're saying. Where you would go to the bank a long time ago, and if you would give them a hundred dollars. 
uh, in cash, uh, they would give you gold in return. Or if you would give them gold, they would weigh it and give you that cash in return. So when you're exchanging cash, you're getting something, whether it's silver back, you're getting gold, but you're getting something. Now, if you go to the bank and you give them money, they give you a deposit slip. So you're getting a piece of paper, you're getting a receipt. Well, that's a little bit different than tangible precious metal. So our, our banking system, I mean, again, that, that's a whole other topic. And that can get conspiratorial, too, because money, if you look at the presidents that were assassinated, um, they were going against how our money was being distributed. Who was distributing our money? Um, so I, I think the overall point for all of this is to where do people need help? And a lot of people right now, a lot of people, they need help financially. They're getting crushed because... Uh, a lot of times the jobs, it wasn't just, hey, I'll go take the unemployment because it's more money. It's in my job, I'm being forced to wear a mask. I'm being forced to uh, threatened with uh, getting uh, injected something invasive into my body that nobody seems to know much about. I'm questioning. So now I can't work this job. So I'll take any money I can get at this point. I think a lot of people were in that situation. And the people that weren't in that situation they just, they weren't wearing the boots that the people were that were in that. So it's one of those, I don't know what you've been through, Charles, because I don't have your life experiences, but there's a lot of people that are in the same boat and that their experiences the last couple of years have left them financially drained and it happened quick. It's like a flu. No, it, it, it has happened to me. I, I, I've made this very clear to my listening audience over the last year. I, I don't make any profit off of this. I, I do this to get information out i i i'm not a, a firm believer in the drive-by media i i am for the small individual the regular common person i again i don't make any profit off this. i work a normal job matter of fact kenny we were just talking about uh, we work in similar trades here in the city of marion so i mean it's I, I get where, where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from with being the, you know, kind of conservative on how much money we should be really throwing out there. Uh, inflation issues going on, timing of things. I, I agree with both of you on this. I mean, I, and you're right. This is a hard topic. I want to add one more dimension to this. I'm not trying to complicate this. This was my third question that was actually posed by a listener. And I, I want to get your take on this. They asked if you guys were to get the sale going and you guys you guys would pull off a win here in Ohio. What would you guys do to, to stop the burden or to cut the burden on the, the taxes? Because Ohio is one of the most heavily taxed states in the nation. And I mean on anything and everything. And there's even new proposals now. This is in the works. I'd have to look up the Senate bill for this. And I believe this is in Youngstown. This is being proposed. Where they're wanting to add now for electric vehicles. To manufacture them here in Ohio. Sell them. You buy an electric vehicle. Even if you don't own an electric vehicle. They're wanting to add a tax now onto your electric bill, even if you have no intention or ever own an electric vehicle. That has raised a lot of anger here in Ohio. Mike DeWine is for this. This was proposed by a Republican. 
I talked about this here about a month and a half ago, and it's been pushing a lot of heavy negative steam because people are pissed off. They can't pay their bills. People are having financial issues, just struggling to keep food on the table with inflation rates. Gas prices have come down. I have talked about that, but that's in key demographic areas for the November election. I've had a lot of people ring in with different states, not just here in Ohio, from their county and their state, giving me prices, pictures of prices. And a lot of this is where, well, once again, we've got hotly contested November elections. I find that really kind of, you know, <laughs> hard to look at and, and, and push that aside that that's not a coincidence. But this, this, this listener wanted to ask you guys, like I said, what would you do if you get elected about maybe coming down off of some of these high taxes or what you would do? I know this is a hard question because this is how I looked at this question. If it was me running and I won the governorship, I couldn't do anything until I got in and actually seen it and talked with the treasurer and actually seen the numbers on the books. That's just me. I, I can't answer this question because I don't know the numbers on the books here for the state of Ohio and why we're so highly taxed. But then I look at Joe Biden. I look at his administration with, we're getting ready to hire 85,000 fully armed and enforced IRS agents. People are questioning that. I could get into that. I'm not. But you have a lot of people that's worried that we're being taxed too much. And I'm a history buff. And you know what happens throughout history when people are taxed too much. Well, the American <laughs> Revolution, the main component of that, at least my understanding, was taxes. People were fed up with taxes. Boston Tea Party and yeah. here we're, we're done with taxes. And I think a lot of people are getting to that point. I told you I was I was penalized over two thousand uh, dollars for not buying health insurance uh, two thousand dollars for a penalty and that had to go to the IRS that's insane to me that's violating to me and it takes away from my children too so it's all insane I, I think if you want to fix the taxes I want to see an amortization table like you mentioned with the treasurer of Ohio and I want to look at, well, what are, what's the budget here? What are you spending all this money on that we need all of this tax money? Because if we uh, are taking in all this tax money from the citizens and we're not spending it all, then we should be giving it back. Write a check. Go right back to the citizens. Um, if not, then you just tweak the percentage of tax that you're taking and you make it less. Uh, so you're not taking as much from people. But, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of times you could get rid of some of the tax and you could end up giving people money back. And uh, again, hey, where are we getting this money from, Craig? Uh, we're going right to the insurance companies. That's where the money is. If people want to know, trust me, the insurance companies have more money than the pharmaceutical companies. What would you say, let me ask you this. And I, I, I'm, I'm asking this to both of you. What would you say about cutting taxes completely out and just having a flat tax across the board? Well, you know, first of all, I'm going to say I'm not a financial whiz, okay? And uh, first of all, you know, my inclination is 
I'm going to go to the experts and have these discussions first of all. But then the flat tax, yeah, it has merit. But then are we going to go back and, and let's, we'll, we'll just take the income tax. What, uh, 1913? Yeah. Federal Reserve created, okay. Some people say not even legally. Okay, so what are all these taxes attached to? Let's find out what they're attached to. Uh, in the school system, you know, one of my issues was that a lot of dynamics changed, you know, policies toward kids, uh, busing, and all of these things were tied from the federal government ties. Hey, they'll give you money, but you have to do these things. I'll tax you, but then you'll get these back. If you don't pay your taxes, we're not going to fix your roads. We're not going to give you the extra money. Okay, so I guess I would start, yeah, if, if I decrease a tax, I'm going to start where it's the easiest states if i start cutting some of my ties to the federal government and the strings they attach to it okay what's going to be the least disruptive to my state i'm going to start there okay and i'm going to i'm going to ask the economic is, is this a, is this a nice way of slowly getting off of that tax burden because taxes, all societies get that. I think you go back to any kind of republic. We're going to tax. We're going to, we're going to put those mm -hmm. burdens on. They they exist. But then you got to start like everything else. Weed yourself off of it, where it's least amount, and what's tied with it. And my is this pretty ludicrous? I got to pay this tax because we got to put money to this. And then you're going to have to say, okay. If I cut this tax, do we really need this? Do I need to put in all those billions of dollars saved if I was for defense? You know, okay, nothing against the military, but the military, I mean, they're spending billions of dollars and it keeps going up every year. But aren't we supposed to sort of, but we're giving it to other countries. Why? So I want to know where those, those and why we got taxed and what's, what's it's attached to. And then start taking away some of those attachments we don't really need, don't want them. So, yeah, I, I think you can do that. And a flat tax can work. But first of all, you, you got to get rid of this, these other ties that have kept you in a legal bind. Get rid of those legalities that keep you in a bind first. No, I, I agree with you. That, that actually... You know, that, that's what's funny here about this. That's actually the easiest answer and probably one of the smartest answers I think I've actually heard. And you're not officially on rather the Democratic or the Republican ticket. And that's, no, I'm being serious. That's the most funny thing because I get, I guarantee if you asked either one of them this, rather Mike DeWine or Nan Whaley, yeah, Mike You're DeWine, not going to get any answer. Yeah, this. and he gave $175 million to law enforcement uh, last year. Uh, that's $175 million. So is a testament to what Kenny said. Do, do we need to give $175 million across the state of Ohio to law enforcement for what? Like, wh what is it for? What, I mean, are there people that you can uh, 
delineate that money out to across the state of Ohio, that that can help a lot more than uh, the police force. Because I, I just saw on the news in Youngstown, they had uh, a police dog and they had the vest that they bought the police dog and it was uh, over $2,000 and it wasn't even a big vest. We're talking maybe a foot. And I'm looking at this vest that they have wrapped around a dog and I'm going, that was two grand, huh? $2,000 for that dog. I wonder what that $2,000 could have done for a human. There's probably $2,000 uh, at a person in Ohio. But again, it's who's spending the money. How are they spending the money? How much are they spending? And all that stuff seems to be cloak and dagger. It's all in secret. And nobody really seems to know except the, you know, the governor and the legislators and how they're spending people's money. It's beyond irresponsible. It's criminal. And, uh, you know, Mike DeWine, I, I, I've had it with how he has governed the last four years. It is so bad. And I know I wouldn't uh, go into that version of politics. I want to change the paradigm. But again, I do believe it's crunch time and people need to look and say, hey, look, if we reelect this joker, OK, it, you know, what's he going to do uh, over the next four years? Uh, is he going to lead Ohio to be like a shining beacon for the rest of the country? Or is he going to continue with his same old politics? Uh, you know, he's one of those guys. He's been around too long and people want to see something different. And I'll just throw this out. It, 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 maybe I have no right to ask, but you are, you're a veteran. You're a veteran. Just get a question that's sort of related to this. Um, from what I understand, the number of recruits is significantly down. Um, is, is that correct? Is that it, what I'm hearing? Is that, is that correct? Yeah. And there's multiple reasons behind that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my question is, okay, since... There's not as many people with the influx. I'm assuming there's some kind of surplus of money then. There should be, yes. Okay. And we also seem very easily to give to another country for their arm. I said, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of the disabled veterans, some of the guys who need a little extra help. You know, I'm, I'm looking, well, give the guys some help, man. The, the system says we don't have as many that we have to cover coming in. You budgeted for some of those new recruits, I'm assuming. So what about the guys who did serve and are struggling and uh, looking for a little extra help? They won't help them. Well, but they won't. And, but, and this, is, this is either party, you know, why? It, look at the foundations that's had to be, that's had to come out. Tunnels to towers. I could go on and on and on. The government does not want to help veterans. It, and that's exactly why I'm saying or, or asking, okay, now it's time to stop. If we're paying these taxes, this is where the citizens want it. This is where the guys who served put a lot on the line. Okay, a lot of these guys any kind of help you want, you call it physical or mental, spirit, whatever. Give them some help. You got the budget for it, and we didn't meet our quota of recruits. Okay, it's not their fault. Hey, but it helped them out for what they did do. Just a question. No, and I, I agree with you, and I can get even more in-depth with that. I mean, it's if you, if you want to go past not just looking at Ohio, if you want to look at this, because that's, that's going to be a national issue, 
it, it goes all the way to the top with that. And it's both parties. It's all your senators. Um, they, this is what, this is why I, I, I love and I hate politics because when, when questions like that get posed to me and you ask, well, why is that? A lot of people say, well, why is that? We don't know the answer. No, the answer is simple. They, it, it's not on their agenda to fix. They'll tell their constituents that to get elected. And then when they get into office, this is why I, I, I asked you guys about that, that question that I got about the corruption question. And you kind of gave a great example when you talked about, you know, the student loan issue with how you have politicians who rack up all this money and then they, they, it gets paid off to them. No one says bats an eye at that, but then they'll go around and they'll complain about $10,000 off student loans being thrown out. It's not on their priority list. It's kind of like with Mike DeWine. I had to laugh here last month, and this ties into all of this. It's not on their list of things that's important to them, even though they preach it being important to them. You want to look at, good example, the shooting that happened out in Texas here a couple months ago at the school. Look what Mike DeWine signed in here, what, two months ago? The new law to fiscally go through and put more security measures in schools and to arm teachers. And I don't have a problem with that. I think it's a great idea that if, if a, a teacher wants to have a firearm, fine. You want to have security at schools? Fine. I'm all for it. But did it tackle the problem? No. Same thing with the last 50 years with gun legislation. This is on the national level. It's never fixed anything. It's never going to fix anything. It never targets the problem. It targets the law-abiding citizens. It never targets the criminal. Well, let me ask you something about Mike DeWine, because Mike DeWine has $40 million. And if you were the head of the state, meaning you're looked at as kind of like the leader, the commander, the president of that state. And if, if hypothetically, if you had $40 million and you saw people struggling across your state, would you dip into any of your savings? And if so, how much do you think? Uh, go ahead. No, I can answer this right off the bat. And this is not a bullshit answer. I mean, this is the same reason why I've told you, like, when, and, I, and you're not the only one who's asking this, why I do the show? I do it for free. I don't make any profit on at all. And it turned a profit. I've never seen a dime. It would be the same thing if I ran for the governor of Ohio and I won it and I became the governor. And they say, okay, here's your six-figure salary. One, I, I wouldn't know what to do with that. I've never seen that much money. Uh, you know what I would do, honestly? And this is what they ought to do anyway. It's like when we talked about the education system. You just seen the strike up there in Columbus with the teachers against the, some of the teacher unions up there for lack of pay, lack of, th of you know, uh, air conditioning, things that they needed inside the school building. And it finally resolved. But to answer your question with the whole thing, with if I was the governor, like, and I had $40 million with, with like Mike DeWine, one, I would never do that because I would probably take my salary, cut it not even more than in half because I don't need it. I wouldn't need that money. Would it be nice? Sure. I would love to be sitting great for the rest of my life. But look, I, I'm going to never be able to retire. 
I'm going to be honest with both you and all my listeners. I'm never going to be able to retire. I'm never going to see retirement. I'll be lucky by the time I'm 80, if I have enough money, the way things are, to even retire. And that's not the way it's supposed to be because when yeah. you're 80, you're not really going to go climb mountains and, and do a lot of walking and biking and hiking uh, because you're going to be 80. So you should be able to enjoy some of the fruits of your labor. And you're right. But the, it, it's, but the way it's set up now, I can't. It, it, even if that's I, why you have to elect Kenny and I. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, and, but it, 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 the, long, the, the long, short answer here to answer your question. I would not have the amount of pay if I was a governor. I would elect to do away with the majority of that. I don't need it. Same thing. Why do I need to sit in a big fancy house when I already have a house? You're telling me I can't drive to Columbus every day? If, if I was running for governor, I knew I was going to be in Columbus anyway. What does it matter? Why do I need a big fancy mansion? And you don't. And that's the point. People are tired of that. When you look at the state house in Columbus and you go on the Senate side, not the House side, and you go in that room, they have a granite desk there that they literally built that room around because they had to bring it in with a crane. It was so heavy. They put that there and then they built the whole entire room around it. And, and when the people are in there and they're in that room, and they're around all that money. They're so disconnected with the vast majority of Ohioans. And that's what I'm talking about when I pose that question is, you know, if, if I had $40 million, I could tell you right now, we're taking a large chunk of that and we're going to help people in Ohio. That's what we're going to do with it. That's what the money, I mean, what's it for? And you get people like Mike that just like to gobble it all up. And then, you know, here, we'll give these people, uh, we'll give the police uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, you're, you're buying them off. You're buying off the guys with guns who they're the ones that enforce stuff. Hey, when the mask was an issue, what do you do? We'll call the police. The police will come and, and intimidate someone. Hey, put the mask on. Put the mask on. You know, if a lot of those guys had a backbone, they would say, look, I'm not enforcing this. I'm just not doing it. And, and when we talked about jobs, you're seeing a lot of cops who are good, honest cops. They're not all bad guys that are that are seeing this and they're dropping like flies, which is why police are looking for people, too, because uh, they're hiring just like everybody else. And, you know, people should really ponder that. Why is it that in all facets, whether it's the airlines, whether it's fast food, whether it's your restaurants, uh, whether it's law enforcement, anything, why are all of these jobs all of a sudden available? Hey, we need help. We're hiring now, hiring now, hiring now. All these jobs, where is everybody? Yeah. I mean, what is the answer to that? It's kind of like, why haven't we been to the moon since 1972? I mean, in my lifetime, no one's been to the moon. I, I was told before I was born we went to the moon, but yet here I am at 41 years old and nobody has been to the moon, China, Russia, Japan, uh, United States, nobody. And, and all I'm asking is, Hey, I just want to know why. And I can't get a legitimate reason, uh, or, or a good, uh, valid answer that I go, oh, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Uh, so that's kind of how I look at all of this stuff and we need to start asking questions and we, when we can't find an easy answer, we need to go deeper and say, well, why not? And then from there, uh, you know, diagnose and figure out solutions on, look, how do we move forward to make things better for people? But Mike DeWine isn't the answer. If he's reelected or Nan Whaley's reelected, Ohio's going to have more of the same. And I don't see things getting better. And I want to. I want to be optimistic and positive about the future. Uh, 
which is why I think if Kenny and I were put in that position, if we were fortunate enough and, uh, you know, the people, you guys, if you listen to this, you're in charge. You guys, you're the one that gets that vote. You know, it's the summation of votes. And if there's a lot of Craig Marx's written in there, uh, it would shake things up for sure and uh, in a positive direction. Let me ask you this because you, you, you kind of threw me into a direction here I want to go. As we're, as we're heading here to the end of the show. Name recognition and getting yourself out there. Everybody has to get their name out there in order to pick up voters, pick up support, pick up steam. Is there anybody that you have talked to or events that you've been to, is there anybody that has name recognition? Anybody that has said, hey, I've rather heard you on the show or I hear what you said at, at certain events. Um, I'm going to throw my backing at you. I, I give you my supporters. Are there any, any big names that anybody here in Ohio might know that's, that's giving you recognition said, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put your name, I'm going to check, I'm going to write your name in and put a check beside it here in November. I, I did receive uh, a text from Jack Johnson who plays hockey for uh, – he was with the Colorado Avalanche and just won his first Stanley Cup. So congratulations to Jack. But he did give me his support and said that him and his wife Kelly uh, will vote for me. And Kelly, uh, she is the sister of Brady Quinn. And then Kelly's other sister, uh, Laura, she is married to A.J. Hawk, who A.J. also told me he would so I'm kind of proud of those two, I guess. I look at AJ and Jack. They're kind of badasses. They're, they're more of uh, the modern-day gladiators. Uh, they're big, strong guys. They work very hard. They have a good work ethic. They have a very strong mentality. So for them to tell me that they will vote for me and write my name in, uh, you know, I think that's a positive. I look at that as, uh, as something that not necessarily the, uh, the number of people that vote for me, but kind of that qualitative, hey, who are who's who's AJ Hawk going to vote for? You know, he's the all-time leading tackler in the history of Green Bay, and that's a pretty impressive stat that not many people know. When you think of a, a defenseman, kind of the ultimate stat you can have is is the most tackles. Um, so now, if, now, did you know that yourself, or are you pandering to me because I'm a, a Green Bay fan? No, I'm one of those guys. I kind of have a back history. I've been to 40 Packers games. I went to the Super Bowl in 2011 with them. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet Aaron Rodgers uh, in Vegas at AJ's uh, Hawks bachelor party. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is a very smart, wise, humble guy. He knows a lot about mathematics, which is, I think, why he can throw so good um, because of how he calculates real quick. See, now I'm, timing I'm jealous. Things. Yeah, you're probably going to want to talk about all this. Because I, 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 that's my favorite team since I was about five. I, I own a little piece of, of the stadium of Green Bay. I have Green Bay things all around me. Never been to a game yet. It's on my bucket list. Yeah, I, I like I said, I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate. And that's why I mentioned my experiences in life. I have a lot of life experiences. And I remember uh, it was uh, my 35th game that I was at. And there was an older guy sitting next to me and uh, he asked me if it was my first game. And uh, when I told him, no, it was my 35th. He just, the expression he had on his face, he couldn't understand how I was so young and how did I go to so many games? It kind of blew his mind. 
So, it, you know, it made me realize I, I've, I've been very fortunate and lucky uh, with some of the things that I've seen and experienced in my life. But a lot of that uh, goes to, uh, you know, how I can utilize that uh, in my experiences going forward. Let me ask you this. Is there any events, as we're running out of time here, is there any events that that either one of you or both of you are going to be at here in the future that you would like to, to let the audience, listening audience know in case they would want to talk to you and ask you questions or maybe say, hey, I'm, I'm going to write your name in in November? Well, I, I'll be at the Ohio State Notre Dame football game this weekend in Columbus. Uh, I will be doing some things. I mean, September and October are right around the corner. October's crunch time for sure. Um, I will keep you apprised of anything that you know we will be at or speaking at, and that way you can you can put it up there. Yeah, um, yeah we can do for that. more people to uh, to kind of get a better feel for what Kenny and I want to accomplish. Okay. And uh, you know, my role is like that lieutenant. Uh, you know, Greg tells me, "Hey, I'd like to do this? What do you think?" And you know, I try to go along with. Uh, you know, he, he has a, he has a more solid plan of how he wants to let people know, and um, like coming down here, yeah. You know, he uh, he taught me through the dates, and uh, that's what we're going to go with. And uh, you know, we want people to understand that uh, we're we're there. We are here to try to change things in a more positive light. We want people to, to feel better about things, uh, um, not feel hopeless. Like, yeah. hey, if I vote for you, you're going to turn bad. No, we're we're, we're going to try to stay positive. You know, that's that's the reason I'm on board with Craig because, you know, just like those virtues he talked about, you know, and gratitude. I'm, I'm grateful he's a friend. Well, I appreciate that, and I'd like to kind of sign off, I guess, with uh, leaving with that. Kenny was uh, was a school teacher in Marion City, and he was surprised when I had to remove the words forgiveness, understanding passion, humility, appreciation, and valor from my classroom. So um, he's well aware that if I was elected as uh, governor, um, what his job, his number one job and focus as lieutenant would be to make sure we get those words in the schools across Ohio. Um, and, and just that alone will be a much better energy and a vibe for kids to be around and uh, teachers to be around. And uh, I know Kenny would accomplish that. You know, if he walks in that building, um, you could look at the size of his arms right now, Charles. I mean, you know, he's one of those guys where just his presence and uh, he's walking into a school building with uh, with the right intentions and he'll get it done. So, um, you know, I appreciate that he uh, he was willing to sign on, sign the form 13B with me. And uh, like I said, we'll keep we'll keep working and doing what we can do throughout the month of September, October. And uh, we also appreciate you for uh, allowing us on here to kind of get our message and our. our yeah, I'd like to out. double that up. Really appreciate that, you know, because you yeah, know, I don't, I don't have much of a, you know, reputation or a name caller, but uh, uh, like I said, it, it's just a privilege to uh, give someone else maybe another choice. No, and that's and that is what this is about. I mean, that's what I try to do. It's not just the news. Um, sure, I I give my opinions, but it's like I tell everybody with that opinion. Uh, my opinion is just like everybody else's. 
it, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Um, I'm going to tell you what I think, whether you like it or not, you're going to listen to it or not. But I try to give people information. I try to give them options on where they can go to find information or to look someone up or a, to a certain topic up and make your own evaluation of what you can find yourself. That, that's the best way to do that instead of saying, I'm going to ram this down somebody's throat and this is the way this is going to be. And you've got two options here. And that's not the way it needs to be. There's more options than that. Right. And, and you know, people have to understand they're really empowered. Just just take back what is part of, I believe it's in the Bill of Rights. Yeah. Those inalienable rights that you have. Get them back. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with both of you on that. Uh, is there is there any information, any sites, uh, any work, Anyone can go if they want to get some information on you too with, you know, with what you're running for, if they want to kind of check you out just a little bit more in depth. Is there any place they can they can get some information from besides uh, here? Yeah, I do have a website, uh, pepinthestep.com. It is still under construction. I have to call my uh, the, the site administrator. Uh, they switched it to something else. So uh, it, it's like write-in candidate, but it's, it's real long, like what they have. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'll get that fixed. I'll have it fixed this week, so they can visit that website, pepatthestep.com. What about get some updates? What about any social media, Facebook, anything like that? Do you guys have anything set up for that for advertisement at all? I don't have Facebook for a specific reason. I haven't had it for years. I think if you look at LifeLock and DARPA, uh, there's there's reasons. I, I don't have time to get into That's now. Fine. So. If other people go ahead and put some stuff out there on that, you know, Kenny and I might be floating around on Facebook or, okay. or whatnot. But, uh, All right. Well, there you have it, folks. <clears throat> I, again, I would like to thank Craig Marks and uh, Kenny Norris. Again, they are running for the Ohio governorship um, for here in Ohio. So, again, you have an option. You can vote for Mike DeWine. You can vote for Nan Whaley, or you can write this gentleman in here and his lieutenant governor who are writing candidate. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this as well. There are other write-in candidates. I'm hearing about this daily. So this is actually, no matter what happens in the election, this is picking up steam no matter how you look at it. And it's not just here in Ohio. There isn't just two options. It's not just a D or an R. Do like I've been trying to explain to everybody over the almost the last two years here. You elect somebody not because of what they have party-wise beside their name. It has to do with the individual and what he wants to bring he or she to the table. It's all about their policies and procedures in which they want to present to you, the public. You're the voter. That's what you need to be looking at. And if, it's, if, if you've got Mike DeWine and Nan Whaley, and it's nothing that you want, then don't vote for them. Vote for somebody else. But get out there and look up this information yourself. Don't take my word for it. So again, if, you, if you're interested... Again, you can look up, you can listen to this, these interviews that I've had. I've had three of them now, three of them. 
And these weren't, this was something that was not planned, folks. I mean, Craig came to me out of the blue, out of a, a mutual friend that was already on the show. Said he wanted to come on and, and, and speak about what, what he wanted to run for, what he wanted to accomplish. And this is the third time we've been here. I will say, too, real quick, you can email me at craigmarks at pepinthestep.com. I will respond to okay. emails. So there you go. And, there, and there's an email right there. Or you know what you can also do, folks? I'll go ahead and, I, and I'll do this as well. I'll, I'll, I'll add a bonus to that. If you want more information as well, you can email me here at politicaltheater114 at gmail.com. I check it daily. You can ask questions. I will forward them to rather Craig or Kenny. I am sure they can send me a, a response or I can get you in connection with them. And <clears throat> you can ask all the questions you want. If you're someone that's interested in maybe trying to do some sponsorship, I can forward that information on as well. I would also like to go ahead and thank my Think Local First businesses. Again, without you, I couldn't do this. I'd also like to thank my sponsors here at Spotify and Anchor and all of the other networks that carry me. Thank you again. If you're someone tuning in for the first time, please come back. That's what your eardrums are here for. I give you good, positive vibes here. And hopefully you like what you hear, you keep coming back. And if you don't like what you hear here, you keep coming back, well, so be it. I guess I'll pull a, a 1990s Howard Stern, I guess. But again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's, it's very much appreciated. So that is all the time that we have here for tonight. And I will see everybody here at the end of the week with more news for your listening ears. So this is Charles Nash here with Political Theater signing off, and I will see everyone at the end of the week. Good night, folks.